Welcome everybody. This is what's up for you, right? Um, and uh, so let's, uh, yeah, let's start in the heart here first and then we'll see where we're going tonight. Oh, all right. Okay, so let's start breathing in 360 degrees right into the center of the heart. So that's, ooh, lots moving tonight. All right. So deep breaths right into the center of the heart. We're going to exhale out 360 degrees. Inhaling out 360, exhaling out 360. And as you're breathing in, I want you to allow all the different aspects and elements of you, whether you perceive them as amazing and wonderful, or if you perceive them as challenging and things that you'd like to get rid of, um, you still wanna breathe all of that in through the heart space. It's all welcome through your own heart and exhale it back out. There you go. Okay, so just a, there's a little bit of a wobble in the, in the field. And so that could really possibly be just because we've got a huge super moon that we're sitting on right here today. Um, it could be that, just could be any number of things that have been going on for quite some time. So let's just balance out that wobble in the field. So again, I really want you to see like you're sitting in the center of a sphere, perfectly round sphere. You're sitting in the middle of it. And, and as you take that inhale, you might inhale a little bit slower and deeper but I want you to imagine that that whole sphere compresses the same time, whether it's top, bottom, just, I just want you to get a compression of that sphere. There you go. No wobble. There you go, right into the center of the heart. And let's just hold it for a second and then exhale it right back out and again, just pace yourself and you can exhale slowly as well so that you can feel that expansion. Here we go. Yeah, just one more here and then we'll open our eyes. So compressing 360 degrees, nice, slow, paced inhale all the way down into the center of the heart. All the way down in and let's hold it for a second and then exhale it back out just opening opening there we go we got that out okay all right so let's see what you guys have to say today so who in my role as a physician, I am frequently triggered by talk around the experimental treatment widely available. I seem to manage okay in that arena. I would love guidance around being with a soul companion who sees things very differently. I feel so superficial when we interact. Thank you for your support. Um, okay, so... I'm going to go where I think this question is pointing me. And if I haven't got it quite right, then you can uh, let Sharon know. We'll revise it just a little bit. Um, one of the things that's really coming up to say to you is that there's, that especially in your role as a physician, that that the way that we use all kinds of, the way we use all kinds of medications and things that support the physical body um, or are designed to support the physical body have really gone awry in the last um, 
we'll say the last decade or so, but it's, it's really kind of gone awry. Um, and because it's gone awry, I think that there is, there's an awareness within you that, that something actually kind of needs to change. Yeah, something's, something's, something needs to change as far as how we treat our bodies, how we view our bodies, how we view what goes into our bodies. Yep, all of this is up for conversation and discussion. And it's kind of up for conversation and discussion like right here, right now. It's not like, oh, we can, we'll discuss it next week or we'll discuss it next year. It's right here, right now. This is the conversation that needs to be had. And so on the other side of things, if you're talking about a spouse or, or even colleagues or other people in your environment who are perceiving things from a more superficial perspective, then of course you're gonna feel superficial when you're having a conversation with them. You know, when you're interacting with them, if it's, if, if you look at it from the perspective of, if you look at it from the perspective of somebody believing that we are, we are simply a human being, we're kind of like a car, right? And we can put in the oil, we can put in the this, we can put in the that, and then we, go a little bit further or that there's some mechanic out there right that is in charge of redoing our bodies so that we can carry on if we see ourselves from that perspective we will treat ourselves in that way and so we'll always minimize and limit what we actually are if we see ourselves as mm, energy first energy and form if we see ourselves as a spark of the divine you know light in form informed by light then we're going to treat ourselves very differently and from that perspective at least for me it from when we truly hold that other perspective this perspective of we are energy first we are a spark of the divine, we are light. We are more than capable of altering ourselves from the inside out. We don't need a mechanic. If, if, you're, if you're a spark of the divine, <laughs> right? You don't need a mechanic. If you're a car, you need a mechanic. And so there's a fundamental shift in perception that really is wanting to take place on this planet right now. And, you know, in your position as a physician, it really gives you the opportunity to start asking yourself these questions and asking other these questions because really that you know exactly what conversation you're having with somebody the minute you know what their perception of their, of themselves is. You know, what are they is, you know, and you know, from what they believe they are, that's how they're going to treat themselves, perceive themselves. I hope that's helpful. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else? There is. In the past few days, I have been getting strong twitches in my heart. I sense that this is just old information and that my heart is getting more sensitive. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and like I say, we've got, we've been coming up to this super moon that we're sitting on right now. And so, and again, nothing is, nothing is separate from us and we are not separate from anything. So some of these astrological configurations or or even just where are we find ourselves as a planet in the cosmos right now there we're going through so many alterations it's not even funny so on the one hand we can make up any story we want about why our heart is expanding but the fact is is that that you really want to what you really want to pay attention to is that the heart 
is expanding. It is, and it's interesting that you said like twitching because um, it feels very much like there's a, there's a, there's a little bit of a hook for each and every one of us because we've been in an old reality that is very quickly falling apart right now. It's very quickly falling away. And so just think about if you had something held really tightly in a particular position, in a particular vibration, let's say, particular way of being, and all of a sudden it had much more room to grow into. It's almost like it, uh, it almost like a little bit of a spasm I guess is the best way I can describe it or the way you're showing it to me. It's, it's almost like that, that twitching is the energy loosening up so it, it can expand, twitching, expand. Yeah, it's like it's shaking it, uh, shaking that heart field open. And so pay attention to the opening part, you know, instead of the twitching part. The twitching part is just getting you someplace new. Um, yeah, wow. Yeah, and you know, I'm just gonna add this too for whoever, whoever this is for, really look to, you know, with that heart wide open, with our hearts really considering uh, what we could create, yeah? I, I'd spend some time there because you're, as that heart space is opening, it's almost also asking, what would you create with a wide open heart? You know, what would you create? How would this world look if it was up to you with that wide open heart? Yeah. Because as it's expanding, man, that's wherever your attention point is, that's what it's expanding into. So thank you, yay. And there's a second part to this question that says, I have chosen to be alone for some years, but realize now there is some energetic block that is now still there, but I would like to shift this and allow love and intimacy into my life. How can I do this on an energetic level? Uh, well, maybe that's, what, maybe that's what was coming up in the last part of that response just a minute ago it's like what would you like to see in your life because your heart is already expanding toward it and maybe it's not so much about a block as it is about that you might have been conditioned to believe that you either needed to be on your own or that you um you know maybe you just were indifferent you know, it, maybe it just, you were indifferent to it for quite some time. So maybe it's not about being blocked, but maybe it was just, there was a certain configuration and a certain amount of love on all kinds of levels that you were letting into your life. And now that heart is naturally and organically opening to more. So I would just, I would just simply put that into your attention point you know, as you call it forth. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see it as a, as a block as much as you're kind of vibrating yourself out of this, out of some of these old belief systems and vibrating into a new field. And if you're doing that anyway, I'd, I'd put all the things that you'd like to experience, you know, both for yourself personally and for all you know really you want everybody on this planet to to have love in their life in whatever way they want it right you hold that as an intention as well as that intention for yourself and it'll probably open up pretty fast so cool all right this question is throughout my life i find many individuals in and around me who are controlling I'm curious if there is a need for control on my part that is creating control around me on the outside. Yeah, it's a, well, it's a good catch too to even ask the question in that way because we know that our outer landscapes reflect our inner landscape, right? 
And so, and it doesn't have to be, um, that doesn't have to be a negative. It doesn't have to be a negative uh, perception of ourselves that we see controlling outside of us. So, you know, we perceive ourselves as controlling internally. Again, if it's just an awareness, then we can just simply ask ourselves that question. It's like, huh, I'm seeing this everywhere. Where, where am I holding on to control? Where would I be better served, you know, in my own life by releasing control? And so then you can start using that same outer landscape. You can start asking the outer landscape to reflect back to you the areas or this be more specific about the places and spaces that you can release around control. Then we can use our outer landscape as a dance, you know, with ourselves instead of a, oh my gosh, I see controlling everywhere outside of me and I must be controlling. Oh my gosh, I'm a bad person. I must be controlling. It's, it's not that we, it, it's just this really beautiful opportunity to kind of go, wow, I see that. And where is that within me? And with no effort whatsoever, really, just say, show me, show me, bring it up, bring it up and show me exactly where I can release control um, and around what area of my life is, you know, that's needed. And it will, it'll shift, yeah. Okay, this one kind of deals with the kids. So if you want to move it to uh, next week, let me know. Uh, it is hard to focus on myself and same for my partner when we are always drawn to self-interest behavior of our oldest, even mm -hmm. down to not having but a three minutes at a time. As we are trying to eat dinner, our oldest is always into other rooms. Let's see. And um, with the volume of distraction, we are at loss as to how to help him and themselves. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm actually gonna respond to this one. And I, but I wanna respond to it from the perspective of this could be any distraction. This could be anything that's external. It doesn't have to be um, a, a child. It can be an employer, an employee. It could be all kinds of different things. It, parents, whatever. Um, and one of the things I want to say here is that uh, this kind of seems to be a little bit of the theme. Our attention point is, is really important right now. And so, um, so there are two stages to this. The first phase or the first stage of this is when our attention is being drawn out from us, and, and believe me, I mean, kids are the best at drawing our attention away from us. But again, could it be that, that as that child is drawing our attention away from, we can just turn that energy back around and it's like, okay, what is, because, my, my question here is, is there something that is, this is the way it looks to me, is there something that is right there to be aware of for yourself? And then all of a sudden you're the, the child or the whomever else is in the, you know, around you that wants your attention or is drawing your attention, pulls you out. It's almost like it's, it's almost like there's a break in a boundary is what I want to say and in this particular situation. And so, so we all have things that distract us in life. Um, you know, everything from news to people to, you know, habits to whatever. So we all have those kinds of distractions in our life. And so are we paying attention to the distraction or are we paying attention to what we are being distracted from? And for whatever reason, I just know, I just wanna shift this back and just ask that question. So 
Yeah, it's uh, so again, back to ourselves. And I know that, you know, we can, you know, there can be all kinds of reasons why, well, I can't, I can't pay attention to myself because I've got all this other stuff going on. But that in and of itself is, is kind of pulling us out. Again, it's like, yes, we can pay attention to ourselves. And yes, sometimes something is going on out there that is really distracting or really pulls at our heartstrings or really makes us frustrated or angry. But the fact is, is that if the intention is really to be with ourselves, to have a boundary that, that protects us and brings us back to ourselves, then that, that's what we'll do, right? And, um, it's, and that intention is gonna be set very clearly, very strongly so that we can go back to ourselves. And then we're, we're kind of in this space where we're, the best way I can say it here is it's like, what you're showing me is like, I'm aware of myself. I'm here with me. And as I'm here with me, then I can respond to what's going on outside of me. But if I'm just pulled or drawn right through my boundary, right through my, then I'm, I'm reacting. Yep. And this, it, it feels like an energy between reaction and response. So, and we do, we just have to simply, one of the very first boundaries that you're setting here is no, first and foremost, I'm with me so I can respond. That's your very first boundary. Yeah. I hope that's helpful. So. Okay. All right. This one is, I'm trying really hard to understand how to deal with deep pain abusers have moved on and expect and expects all to be forgotten as in as in the past, but the abuse has taken a different form. And let's see, they're just having vivid memories and they're and they just see the damage done to themselves and their siblings. So yeah. So um one, I want to say that one of the things that's happening as part of this, as part of the energy that we are remembering, embodying, becoming, whatever you want to, however you want to look at this, the, is that we are absolutely pulling out every single aspect of separation within us. So if we have had, if we've been in abusive situations, uh, either in this incarnation early in our lives or in even in other incarnations, it's all coming back to be healed, to be integrated. And so on the one hand, I would suggest here to pay more attention to what is actually needed within as this energy is arising. So, um, so, so say that there's been, there's been one experience of abuse and that's passed. And then there's another experience of abuse and then that passes and then there's another one. All what that's telling you along the line is that abuse and the, the, um, I'm going to say a funny word, but it's, there's a truth to it. The contribution that that abuse has been to you has not fully been integrated yet. Yeah. And so as some form of energy around abuse comes up, before we pay attention to what somebody else is um, doing or not doing, or how it's impacting siblings or any, anybody else, we wanna turn that energy again back inward. And it's like, what do you need in that moment? When you feel that energy coming back up or if that's pulling at you again, 
there's some part of you that needs um, some love, some support, some appreciation, some something. So for instance, somebody, the energy of abuse is in the air, you know, it's there, or maybe it's, it's there. Um, again, number one, you keep yourself safe. You get out of situations that are harmful to your physical, mental, emotional well-being. That's a given. But what we're talking about is the energy here that, that kind of rises up and says, okay, I see this over and over again. It's happening over and over again. I see what it did to them. I see what it did to me. You know, I know I'm, I'm feeling this over and over again. So my first question always to myself is when abuse, you know, comes back into my field is number one, who is the one within me that is needing support? Yep. A lot of times I ask, how old are you? How old's the one that's reacting to this energy? And very often, you know, pick whatever number comes first. It doesn't have to be rocket science or even any deep intuition, but whatever that age is, then just start speaking to yourself as if you were that age. Because if you've got a five-year-old that pops up within you that says, oh, I'm scared, I don't like this, this is challenging, you'll, we know how to speak to a five-year-old, right? That's in that kind of situation. And it also helps us remember that it's not the adult person within us that is upset, you know, around this coming up over and over again. It's the unintegrated part of ourselves that is noticing this and is frustrated, irritated that it's looping back around over and over again. So we just want to give her what or him what they actually need, right? Love, support, appreciation, a voice. They need to be heard. Yeah, I hope that's helpful. Yeah. Okay, this question is, there's a big issue in my family that is connected to a family pattern. I am now taking steps to change this in an unconventional way inspired by what we are going through collectively. But the energies at this time, do you think a totally out of the box are called for? Um, you know, what's fun about out of the box approaches is if nothing else, it kind of stuns everybody for a second. You know, it's like everybody has to, you know, everybody has to reorient around a new approach. And the other thing I want to say here, though, is that you would not be talking about a new approach or an out of the box approach, as you're calling it if you yourself hadn't moved out of the box somehow, right? If you hadn't moved beyond the programming that you've had up to this point, you wouldn't even be thinking about an out of the box approach. So by all means, yes, you know, um, it's, yeah, you're offering, yeah, you're, you're changing things up is what you're doing. And we also know that every single time we change things up, yeah, that people are going to respond and or react to you based on those changes. Yeah, people are where um, humans, you know, are, we, we have our habits, you know, where we have these patterns. And when somebody responds to us differently, or than they have in the past, or maybe they just don't respond, that's where all the adjustments start to be made. Yeah. So, and I, excuse me, I watch this a lot, um, actually in, in little kids too. Like if you respond to a little kid in a way that they don't expect you to respond, watch them just like, what was that? You know, what happened? <laughs> what did you just do? Why are you acting like that? You know, if nothing, it freezes them for a moment. Yeah. And, but that's a moment where you, there is a different opportunity 
available. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that's helpful. I had a difficult relationship with a colleague, which I was aware was a boundary issue. I've since left the position. I think I have separated energetically from this person, giving thanks for the lesson. Sometimes some residue of this, of this comes up. Do I need to do more work around this or um, around this to cut the relationship? Um. There's two different, there again, it's interesting. We're in this interesting place today. Two different pieces, two different pieces, two different pieces. So on the one hand, on the one hand, we're one. And so there is no cutting of a relationship, right? There's, uh, you see what I'm saying? There's, on the one hand, it's like you created a boundary and you stepped away, you did something that was positive and supportive for you and you stepped away from that relationship. And then even, even we know this, we know that we're energy first and foremost because people can be nowhere in sight. The physical person that, that we had that challenge with, with can be nowhere in sight and still stuff comes up, right? So we know that there's still an energetic exchange going on. So it's not so much about cutting uh, cutting the relationship per se is as it is about just being present with what comes up as it comes up. We don't even have to make it about the other person. Again, just as something's coming up, it really goes back to how is it making us feel? What part of ourselves is still trying to integrate? Sometimes we're just trying to integrate the loss. You know, sometimes we're not trying to integrate anger or frustration or whatever caused the, but so to me, it's almost like um, you have a physical energetic, physical energetic exchange, and then you're separated and you have a mental, emotional, energetic exchange. And then that that separates out a little bit more. And then you have another level of uh, energetic exchange, which might, might be more subtle. And to me, it's just we're addressing each one of those as they arise. Um, yeah, and yeah, but it's, but I wouldn't see it as you, on the one hand, yes, you, you, you are, definitely disassembling that relationship, but it's not about cutting the relationship. It's about being present with every facet of the relationship, even when you're not physically present with them. Yeah, even when they're long gone. I mean, it could be, I mean, think about it. Think about relationships that we've had early in our lives that still every now and again come up and trigger us or, right? Person's long gone physically. But energetically, there's still things within us that they can um, gift us with. Yeah. So. Okay. This question is reflecting on my question about differing views about medical interventions. I feel deep grief and disbelief now being in a, a superficial relationship with a friend who up until now has been on a very similar path. Um, so the question is, <laughs> is it more of a statement or is it, um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, let's see if they can add just a little more. They're wondering if it's grief or any suggestion for, for relief? Mm. This grief, this disbelief, this being on what is perceived as a parallel path with someone, someone, you know, for quite some time, maybe even only to find out that 
maybe when it's all said and done that there are very different experiences or there are very different fundamental, uh, again, philosophies about what we actually are and who we actually are, because it still goes back to, to that. So, and yes, there is deep grief in having both uh, deep relationships that have come apart in these in this last year and deep relationships that have revealed themselves to be more superficial than was originally perceived, right? And so, yes, absolutely, there, there is deep, deep grief. I mean, there have been a couple times I know in my, really recently over the last few months where I've had a conversation with somebody and, you know, and, really thought that we were just like, I don't know, it's like, on the one hand, on the one hand, it's like, you see where people are not on the same page. And on the other hand, there's this deep opportunity to kind of listen to and hear people who are not on the same page, and have a different kind of conversation with them. So but that doesn't negate the grief of thinking that you have a particular connection and or, or just grieving the fact that the only way you can speak with somebody is at such a superficial level. Because the days of, the days of superficial, as far as I can tell, are gone. I mean, it's like we're all one way or another, whether we're comfortable with this or not, right? One way or another, we're getting to this place where we're just saying what is. You know, we're just saying what is true for us in that moment. And if it ruffles someone's feathers or if it's uncomfortable, we can come at it from the place of knowing that it really isn't our responsibility to make everybody feel all warm and fuzzy all the time. And it might have been, or, you know, we might have liked that part of ourselves. I know I really like that part of myself. That's, I can, I, I like people to feel comfortable in my presence. You know, I like people to feel secure um, as they're going through their processes. It's very important that they can do that. And at the same time, it's almost like we're we've caught we've crossed some threshold here where if we stay superficial if we if we don't fully express what we're seeing what we're knowing what is true for ourselves in that moment we don't give that other person the opportunity to rub up against something else you know, if we're always pacifying or we're always um, only allowing a certain depth of conversation, then we also don't give that other person the opportunity to rub up against something that might make them feel uncomfortable, but ultimately would support some growth. Yeah. Yeah, it's a challenging one too, especially if you're, yeah, heart-centered, people-pleaser, <laughs> yeah. so. Okay, I know we have spoke about this before. We went over it, but I feel it was misunderstood. It is hard to get centered around the self-interest behavior because it is so bad. I have tried for months to become comforting in my feelings towards our oldest, but it is literally soul shaking. My question is when we are home and around this behavior that we have to physically stop and it, and it is sometimes dozens of times a minute, I, how do we center ourselves when there is no stability due to never being able to settle? Right, so um, One minute. So just uh, just be with me for a second, okay? Just I'm not going to say anything for just a minute because I 
I just want to create a little bit of space and um, and I really want you to feel the the deep connection, yeah, that we have, and the deep love that's there. Stay with me. There you go. Stay with me. So one of the things that, let's take the, another approach at, of this or toward this. In the outer landscape, there's, there's a child that's self-injurious and that is devastating to any parent anywhere, yeah. Um, it's back to our other question. It's, it really can feel like a form of abuse. Yep. It's not just abuse to, you know, you're not just watching the abuse of your child toward your child. You're also feeling the abuse that it hits within you. Yeah. And so, yes, it is true that we have to stop that behavior. We have to create whatever safe environment we can, you know. So yes, we have to take physical action um, in order to, let's say, neutralize that energy. And more importantly, that that can happen over and over and over again. Part of the reason why it might be showing up over and over and over again is what I was sensing from the, in the beginning, there's a, there's a leaving of self, that self-injurious behavior is outside. And all I'm asking here is that you gently, lovingly, kindly, in the moments that you can bring that energy back to yourself and just what are the what are the injured places within where is and where is there even maybe a self-injurious place yeah i i can't do that cuz i have to do this you know i can't I can't relax, I can't feel better because something external is happening, right? So all, all I'm gently, lovingly, as kindly as possible, coming right back to that heart space, coming right back to that place within you and just asking that question, where am I injuring myself? Not where has somebody else injured me? That's another question. Not where my child or any early experiences injured me. But are there any places where I injure myself? And if there are places that you find that are I'm injuring myself. Can you give yourself permission to have deep love, compassion, and forgiveness for that place that injures self? Yeah. Very often, if we've had kind of traumatic early experiences, long after that parent is gone, we still find ways to injure ourselves. Sometimes it's harsh words that we say about ourselves. Sometimes it's 
maybe not allowing ourselves to have some of the things in life that we would like to have. It could be all kinds of different ways in which we are self-injurious. Yeah. And in subtle ways, in big ways, everybody here, we all have some of this within us. And so it's a great question for all of us to be asking. It's like, is there any way in which I am self-injurious? And we don't have to beat ourselves up for it, but we do want to ask ourselves next, can I have deep love and compassion for that? Or can I just simply not even ask, but just give myself deep love and compassion for that? It's just something that was taught. It was something that we learned. Every single person on this planet right now is understanding or has the ability to understand their own self-injurious behaviors based on their conditioning. Yeah. We live in a, the world that we have lived in the world that we've lived in because we bought into that. We, we, we've had injurious behaviors coming back left, right, and Sometimes it's a lie. Sometimes it's a, you know, it's who knows. But th those are the questions. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So just go right back. We're just gonna, just everybody, while well, we've got everybody here, just go right into your heart space. Yeah. We're gonna give ourselves permission to love ourselves anyway, even beyond any self-injurious behaviors that we have learned. Some people call this self-sabotage. Some people, you know, it can be all kinds of words, but there we go, right there, right? And just for a second, we're just going to love ourselves anyway. Yeah. No permission. You know, nobody else has to give us permission to love ourselves, no matter what our lives are like, no matter what seems to be reflecting back to us that we're, you know, that we're doing something wrong or we haven't figured it out yet or any of that stuff, right? We can just take a second here and just go, okay, the hell with all of that. I'm going to love myself anyway. There we go. Keep, there we go. That in and of itself starts to create a little bit of a space around us. Right? We have a little bit more wiggle room. Because we don't have to tolerate anything that injures us anymore. Right? And we stop tolerating it. We stop engaging it the moment that we come back in and we just love ourselves anyway. You know, I love you. <laughs> okay, last question. Mm -hmm. I can't seem to access the spark within. How do I come back to center and actually get my spark back when I am so low, full of self-doubt? I know I can do it by going out for a hike in nature, but I can't always go out for a hike. I used to be able to access it anywhere, anytime but it's very hard lately. Yeah, it's, um, it is true. It is hard lately. It's hard. Um, it's hard because we're 
where it's hard because because there's so much being dismantled now and there's so much that is that is up in the collective energy that gives us reason to feel less than safe less than um comforted less than you know divinely inspired right it can it can have a very oppressive kind of feeling and a lot of times that's oppressive or at least i've noticed where my energy really drops it becomes oppressive when i am when i'm paying attention to what i'm not able to access or if i'm paying attention to what's not available to me right so you're saying that that divine spark used to be there and it's you can get it sometimes you can get it when you're in nature but you can't get it all the time and you're getting it less and less kind of thing so one we can also go back to wow i can i can access access this still while i'm in nature i can access that access this you know every now and again when i'm um sitting out in the sun and i'm or i'm looking at the stars or got my feet in the grass or what whatever those things are this is this is simply a pivotal this is a pivot this is a shift in your attention point because any time where we've had something and it's been full in our lives and it feels like it's starting to dissipate we have a tendency to think that it's dissipating because something's wrong with us you know something's broken something's happening but what i really want to suggest here is that it's not so much that it's dissipating as it is changing instead of it being that spark being reliant on something that you could access based on something external whether it was because the collective energy was high and on that day you happened to be able to to access your own internal spark or whether you were taking a walk in nature and nature has a beautiful high vibration so oh i can see it's like nature cleared that that vision for you and there was that spark inside of you something it feels to me like something it was based the spark and the experience of it was based on external factors before and we all have it based on external factors but now what's happening is you're not basing your spark anymore on whether that is what and who you are on external factors so one after another the external factors are being taken away right no more that no more that no more that and so again we have to go back to where that external spark really comes from we access it because it is what we are and it doesn't mean it doesn't have anything to do with anything that's external we are that and so this is where it's like one i would pay attention to any time that you do access it but when you pay attention to it go looking for it go looking for it even in those moments where you don't seem to have access for it because i i guarantee it's changing from this is an external there's an external condition that creates an internal experience to no nope, all those external have been taken away because the universe wants you to know that you are that spark right it wants you to know that that's what you are so it's taking away all of the externals so that you can find it within yourself and you find it not based on what anybody else is hmm all the other supports or helps from outside those are going um still there still there you're just looking to find it from an external source 
externally being stimulated to find it. And that's something that's flipping inside of you right now. It's a cool thing. Once you get that it's there and it's always been there, it's never gonna go away. Yeah, um, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother level of consciousness. That's a whole nother level of experience. Yeah. Cool. Mm. That is it. All right. All right. So let me see if there's anything else to share with you guys tonight before we go. There's all across the board, you know, with the different questions that came up tonight and um, the biggest pivot, the biggest shift that we are all going through is the shift from our reliance on the external to our reliance on the internal. And no matter how you cut it, at the end of the day, you are creating worlds. Yeah, you're creating your world for sure, but you are creating worlds. And so it's almost like as all of the outer, let's say all the outer landscape stuff, all the, all the things that were never real in the first place, as they all crumble and disappear, all the things that each one of us relied on in our own lives to help us identify who we are and or to distract us from who we really are, those things are starting to, they're starting to fall away. There's, they're, well, it's both and. They're starting to fall away or they're escalating so much that we know that we can't rely on them. So what's, so there's this, this beautiful opportunity right now to pivot back into, turn those eyes internal, yeah? Put our eyes in our own hearts, put our eyes into our own sovereignty, to our own presence. And the first question is, is what can we give ourselves? What can we, how can we support ourselves? How can we love ourselves? And as we start doing that, we start finding that, oh my gosh, I'm generating this from the inside out. Yeah, that which I thought was external or that which pulled me into the external really was never, it's yes, it's showing up in the external world and it can feel very, very real. But the fact is, is at the end of the day, it's, it's pulling us with some sort of intensity because it's trying to get our attention. But ultimately, if we take that attention point back inside of ourselves, and if we start looking inside of ourselves for the parts of us that can have love, can have compassion, can have support, can fiercely love, you know, all of these different facets of ourselves, we're gonna come to this place where like, oh my gosh, it's all been happening from inside. It's all been an inside job, yeah? And when we really get that, then the outer world starts transforming to meet that. We don't have to go out and bang a drum or, you know, we can if we want, but we don't have to go out and force anything anything in our lives externally to change. It's, it all resides within us, yeah? And as long as we're not beating ourselves up because it all resides within us, we get to this place very, very quickly where we're starting to transform our worlds 
from the inside out. We know our capacity to do that. All right, let's see. Yeah, right? Throat, heart, solar plexus, that whole, this whole from under the chin all the way down across the chest into that hip girdle. Just allow that whole field to be warmed up. Again, just for a couple minutes, we're just gonna give ourselves the opportunity to take a break and love ourselves for no other reason other than we can. When the mind wants to scream that there's something else to do or you know, there's some sense them where we say, oh, it's like we shouldn't be loving ourselves like that. No, okay, whatever. For just for a moment, we're just doing it for a moment here. Nothing as powerful is as turning that in on yourself. Because how often do any of us actually do that? We're so taught to be external. All right, lots of love, everybody. I am so glad you're here tonight, and I'll see you around the block, okay? <laughs> lots of love. Bye.